It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. I think it's moving in the right direction. You know, uh, obviously, you know, start is a start. Just getting the feet under me, uh, literally and figuratively. So just uh, getting used to it. I think, I don't know, we're, we're starting to find our groove here. Uh, guys are playing well today, though. Yeah. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go to Thursday. Cofield and Company. John Von Tobel is the company. Damon is here as well. Jimmy G coming in as the uh, Raiders and Niners have a joint practice today. John and I were out at UNLV football practice this morning, so uh, a little bit to get to with that. So what's going on, John? It's been a long time since I've seen you, Steve. All right. It's it's going well. It's going well. Um, You know, they're going to change up the ESPN national lineup uh, coming up. So uh, whenever they make it official, we'll announce it. Um, I guess Q kind of confirmed to a lot of people yesterday on social media that our own Q Myers over on Raider Nation Radio 920 is going to be doing ESPN National. He's been their top fill-in for about a year plus. So he's going to be doing their night show from 7 to 10 our time, so a little after we go off uh, when you know that show's not covered up by play-by-play. So good job there. Congrats, and I'm very happy about that. They've got some more Vegas and Pacific time zone people in their national lineup. Um, you know, for me, football season's here, and I love everything about football. I mentioned we were at practice today, and – you know, I'm like nerding out over, you know, there's a change at right guard and uh, the coach was just yelling this and there's a drill that's not being done right. And then, you know, people tweeting out about interceptions in practice, but not understanding that the whistle blew and the quarterback just threw it up for grabs, stuff like that. I love all of that. I love hard knocks because I want to know about all the stories. And, and for me, like even at, you know, in my 50s now, 53, like I'm still learning about football every time I go out. I try to ask questions of anyone I can who are big time football people, former players. I love it. It was like a weird vibe, and I think this happens with media, and I think it happens with uh, national hosts sometimes. When you're not out amongst football, right, when you're not out at camp, um, you kind of have this wide-range view of football where, especially if it's out of market, like uh, the, the kid Goldhammer who was just doing the show with Michelle Smallman, who's one of the new morning hosts, was, was they were just harping on the fact, or he was, that, like, who cares about preseason, you know, football tonight? And it's like, well, in those markets – that's a really big deal, and their storylines nationally with the Texans and New England, and we're probably not going to see Stroud a whole lot. I want to see what New England looks like on offense, even with their backups, uh, even with Zappy out there. I still think Zappy has a chance to play uh, because of um, Mac Jones, right, that situation. Are they cohesive, right? Am I wrong on Zappy being the backup? I mean, I think you're wrong that Mac Jones – I think Mac Jones is going to be good. Okay. I, I, I think he has a chance of Bill O'Brien, but I also don't have a whole lot of faith that Bill O'Brien's going to keep it together, mm-hmm. that he's an elite coach anymore. Um, and then, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, it's not going to matter in this game, but there are storylines in Minnesota and Seattle. I understand his backups, but there's a lot of stories. It was just – it was this weird vibe, like, do we like sports or not? So, like, you know – Like, and again, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think what we lose sight of a lot when you work in sports every day, every minute, you're in the sports bubble. People who don't work in sports, this is their fun pass. Anything football. This is I, I have to give the same lecture every year around the time of whatever the Pro Bowl is now, but especially what it was in the past where it, you'd have all these media people who are like, oh, the Pro Bowl, no one cares. And then you're like, the game was outrating almost every other regular season and sometimes playoff games in other sports. So, yeah, you don't like it. But you, I don't think you talk to the average fan. They friggin' this is – a phenomenon, and it's getting bigger. Anything football. If you, in some markets, if you could televise, and the coaches would never let this happen, but if you could televise lots of moments, 
of college football practice. You know what some of the, those markets would do to get access? Like, it's a practice. Who cares? You want to watch the Forest practice? Yeah, they do. Yes, people love football. I mean, after what I got to see today, I got to see a side of Ariotum I've never seen before. Um, it was brilliant. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Um, no, I, you know what's weird, too, yeah. is so you talk about the ESPN programming. They were doing that topic when we left practice. Oh, really? So they were still doing it on the way in? So it, was a been recur- doing, it was a recurring topic. Yeah, so they've been doing it like the yeah. full show of like they picked crapping a, on the preseason. Uh, I'm with you. And uh, can I add really quickly? Yeah, of course. The preseason's only going to get bigger. Why? Not because the NFL is getting bigger. People gamble on this stuff. Yep. So, like, there's a lot of people who well, are really into what's going to happen. What's always been the narrative, especially was like five years ago, on gambling on the preseason. Well, I mean, I would assume what you're a degenerate. Yep. Which is, I mean, it's a whole other conversation. And, I get and the response I from on. Dave Koken and others, and now you over the years, the real gambling experts on the preseason would be. I mean, you can find edges in any market. So, yep. no, can you find edges during the season? Oh, pretty tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. They get tight. But the when books get real like, tight with the numbers. I'm doing this amount of snaps with some of my best players. Like, that's kind of screaming at you if yeah. you get in quickly enough. Hey, man, you get some edges here. The other – so they were doing some recurring themes, right? And uh, Goldhammer's a good radio guy. He's from Cleveland. I think he's a program director there. He's a sidekick on, um, I think, like a Rizzo show. I think is his name. Um, and like I said, Michelle Smallman's going to be one of the morning hosts with Chris Canty and Evan Cohen. So I'm assuming Damon's going to be in on this conversation, I think, because he's a fitness guy or at least how to get in shape for wrestling, and I still think he's fit. Um, they got on a food topic because of the Joey Bosa story of Bosa trying to eat 45 to 5,500 to 5,000 calories a day. Mm. And the one kid says, what does a normal person eat during a day? Like how many calories? And he goes, well, like 1,000? It's like a thousand. A thousand is like the edge of a starvation diet. And then he goes, Yeah, I, well, I don't, he's like, I don't know. I think most days I eat like 500 calories. I'm like, You no, do? You, you would die. <laughs> no way. So, what, what's a suggested caloric intake for someone, I mean, you know, a normal person? Like, what do you think it is? 3,000? I thought it was about 2,000, 2,200, like something, something like that. Maybe max 2,500. Do you want the statistic? Yeah, I want to hear it. Um, according to the United Nations um, and Agriculture Organization, uh, Food and Agriculture Organization, yeah. Europe and North America, average calories 2021, 35.40. Get out of here. That's average? Yeah, 30,540. No, 3,400, you're saying? Yeah, like 3,540. Yeah. 35.40. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that, that sounds high to me. Uh, and I know 4,500 to 5,000 is high. But when you read the story, like this is not an atypical story in football. Linemen are always trying to either shed weight or put weight on, put healthy weight on. Uh, but it just seemed like uh, these guys were like blown away by the fact that 4,500 to 5,000 is being taken in by Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that's a lot, but not for a guy who's 6'5", 250 pounds and probably working out to the tune of like three and a half hours a day. And if you read the story, the goal is um, – the goal is – he played at 280 at Ohio State. He was playing at 265, 270 in the NFL. He's down. He's down to 250. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to get more weight on him. They feel like that's going to be better for strength and durability. But then the storyline was developed by the show before us, and they they were trying uh, that Joey Bosa is just feeling the pressure of trying to be Nick Bosa. So 
Like oh, that's I'm a, like that's I don't I imagine if wow, a, imagine that the Chargers are like, why are you eating so much? Yeah. My brother. Yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. Not even that, but just lashing out at the training staff. You don't understand. Yeah. You don't understand the shadow that I have to live in every single day. Also, four to five thousand, not that much. I just googled it because yeah. I wanted to be right. Michael yeah. Phelps back in his heyday. Yeah. Twelve thousand a day. Well, that that was the example they kept bringing up. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and Phelps like the, he, I mean, that swimming is incredibly active. Right. And I'd also argue too, like, uh, so I just looked it up too, like a Big Mac, medium, Big Mac, medium yeah. Coke. It's medium fries. Like, it's over a thousand. thousand so like so if someone's just having that for lunch, yeah. right, and then going and eating a normal day the rest of the day, you're you're going over three thousand easily. Yeah. I'm not so. saying I just ate healthy, but I went to the uh, uh, roast beef you mm-hmm. as the uh, herd calls it, and I probably just had over like a thousand. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a good start to the day because yeah. that was my first meal of the day. That's not good. But um, yeah, I think to, to me, if you if you're following sports now and especially football, um, diet. And weight loss and weight gain is such a gigantic thing. Of course. And I would say, and the too. science of this, and we, I mean, we heard it, we'll play some audio here in a second, but we heard it, we hear it almost every day uh, during, you know, post practice press conferences talking about the new strength coach, a uh, guy, Jeff Fish, who's come in, who's more of a pro um, weight coach rather than a college weight coach, and he's brought maybe some pro stylings in. They're complimenting him, but so much of the offseason. And even Barry Odom said it. So much of the offseason was about going from the spring to the fall and people making progress from a weight standpoint. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Doug Brumfield, who is, you know, string bean at 6'5", and, like, he was about 205. I think he's about 215 now. There's that story of him putting on weight. There's also, you know, Jalen St. John, who is 330 pounds, or he was, at 6'4 and a half, and having to reshape his body. I mean, sure. this, is, this is one of the biggest things in football, um, you know, between the seasons and then also keeping on weight if you're a big fella, especially a defensive player, during the season. Well, and to your, you, you mentioned this, like in a good cardio session, my chunky, my chunky butt can get like, what, 300 calories, 350 calories burned? So these guys are probably burning over 1,000 calories doing legitimate workouts oh, all day. Today was ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean? In today's way, in the weather and all today. that kind of stuff. So even then, so 4,000 calories is in terms of if you, uh, if you add in the calories that you've already burned off, you're still talking about like an average 3,000-calorie day. He's not eating enough, if you ask me, now that we're, yeah, like right? breaking, now that we're breaking this down. Yeah. By the way, uh-huh. just a shot, a certain angle that was taken of Derek Carr. Yeah. See that picture? Oh, yeah. Derek Carr looks like he's doing a flex, like kind of jacked up on the shoulders and the arms. He's not a small guy. He's not. He's always been in good shape, but I think you hit it, which is he's clearly got the ball in both hands. He's running, so he's probably just flexed out really hard and just – And everyone says, he's jacked. It's it's Derek Carr season. I mean, and you talk about weight loss. Uh, He looks jacked now because it's the beginning of camp. In four weeks, when you're getting into the season and you've been toiling in the summer, I'm pretty sure it's not going to look as jacked. I'm looking at this in real time. Yeah. Whoa. You think? Yeah. Really? Those are guns. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're totally guns. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah! Guess who's got a little bit of uh, I miss Derek going on right now. You all right, Devon? Devon, all that time on Raider Nation Radio, going out to the games, going to practices. You okay? I mean, it's still one of his words. He's awesome. Okay, he's a great guy. A cut okay. for every win that the okay. Saints will have. Okay, all right, all right. My comment was going to be: He's still not as handsome as our guy, our new guy, Jimmy G. Aiden O'Connell. Oh, Jimmy, no, not not Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> no. Um, my sound that I was looking for, we have it now or we got to wait? We got it. Oh, okay. So we kind of set it up there with the Brumfield discussion. So Brumfield's the, the opposite of Joey Bosa, right? Brumfield is probably a little taller, mm. um, but he's got a different build. He's quarterback. 
six five, you know, probably two fifteen, two seventeen. Put on about seven to nine pounds in the off season. And the other thing is, from a cerebral standpoint, now he's got to learn a whole new offense, uh, the go go offense. Um, but a big part of it was kind of getting Brumfield really into being super fit, putting on weight, being durable during the season. So they've got this new strength coach. But here's Brendan Marion, the offensive coordinator, talking about the work that uh, the strength coach and Brumfield have put in. Him and Fish put a great plan together, um, and then, then they executed it. You know, um, his weight gain, his strength gain. I mean, he's one of the strongest guys on the team. His vertical jump has went up dramatically. I mean, all of those things in the weight room and then him training outside has been has been awesome. I think the one thing with Doug is always you have to show that body language to them. Like, you can't show that, you know, something bothers you. Nothing bothers you. Nothing's Nothing's wrong. Like, you're always good. You know, and I tell him every time he shows the team, if something's bothering him and he goes out there and he shows them, then they get more confidence. They look at him and go, yes, he's, he's good. He got us. So um, I think that's been the biggest thing for him throughout this process. Do you buy that? Did he not show, essentially not showing any fear or anything in terms of pain or maybe even lack of confidence? I, I think I buy it more in terms of lack of confidence, right? Like if you go out and you throw a back-breaking interception, you know, that kills a drive that you're going into the red zone on. Do I want to see quarterback go over and not be bothered? Be like, all right, we're good. Come on. Sure. If he's injured to maybe a certain extent or hurt, yeah. like don't show it. I think I'd argue with that a little bit because it's not uh, like anybody's going to. There's a difference, and I, I, I'll get it wrong, but you always hear football people say there's a difference between being hurt, hurt and injured. Right. I, I'm telling you, it drives me nuts showing that you're injured. If, if it's really bad right, or showing that you're hurt, if it's really bad, that's one thing. But if I were a football coach, it would send me over the edge to see the same guys all the time come up slow from the, the, the but field. But that's something different. Limp. Uh, I, I fr- it freaking drives me nuts. And it's but but and maybe I'm just I'm making the connection. I feel like it's with the football players who aren't in the rotation, and I just think it gives off a bad impression. But the other part of it, I don't know. Does it drive? What do you care? I guess not. Like, like if you're you're a football player and you see you know teammates who are hurt and they're always limping all the time. I don't know. Maybe they're playing for the other team, but trying to sandbag it. But I, it's like just walk it off and get, let's go. Come on. I, I think are you going to be? Like, I think he's talking about something completely different here. Yeah, he's talking about two different things here. If you get hit, there are because there are two different things here. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like what he's I'm talking, talking about, about physically. No. As a leader. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're talking about two not having things. to get helped off the ground all the time or limping all the time. Let's go. There's no time for sympathy. We got stuff going on. Well, I get that. Yeah. So what we're what you're saying, like what I'm saying is, you know, if Doug takes a hard shot and he gets up and he's like working the shoulder, I don't mind that. You're talking about the guy who, and we've seen them at practice, and there are certain guys, lots of practice. I'm not saying UNLV specifically. I'm saying lots I'm saying of former places. Vegas Raider quarterback, maybe uh, taking shots all the time and always showing. Uh, 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 uh. Like I get that. I can understand the yeah. frustration behind that. I the the other part of this, and I do. I do think there's a certain image that a quarterback, a leader, has to carry, and that is on bad plays on the field and coming off the field, don't show it. Mm-hmm. Don't show it. Like, you just got to walk off and be everything's cool. There's no screaming. There's no attacking your receivers. There's no arguing with the coaches. Just freaking deal with it. Headline, quarterback at UNLV doesn't care. Does not show emotion after it. See? There's no winning. No, that's there's not. No winning. That's not. I don't think fire I, off a Z I, right I, now. I don't think that's the way it is. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it is. I know, of course. Yeah. I will say this. Early impressions, um, you know, Barry Odom and, in this case, Brendan Marion. Odom spoke today. Um, 
they're nice guys to talk to. Like mm-hmm. you can tell, they love football. Um, they're not soft on the field. No, like they're polite in front of the media and in front of fans. They get after it on the field. Um, and you know, I, I always harp on this. I don't the football mentality thing. I never really understand with a lot of coaches. This is a weird one, and it's a little bit difficult to hear. There was a quick video yesterday of the Florida State coach, Mike Norvell, running into practice, and he says good morning, and I think for his liking, the response wasn't quick enough from the people taking video of him in the media. Morning, guys. Good morning, coach. Morning. You don't have to say the thing back. That's fine. So they didn't answer, like, in the split second. He's like, all right, don't answer me. Screw it. Bruh. Now, maybe that was the situation, John, where he was frustrated. Yeah. Maybe there's something going on. Well, I, th- but this is, a, this is completely different for me because this applies to the workplace. I'll ask him on because he hasn't been on Cofield and Company very long because we have, we have longstanding thoughts on this one. Are you a walk into work, walk into a room, say hello guy? Not if I'm not feeling it. I don't need anybody to say anything to me. You know what? To be honest, it's preferred. If I don't say anything, it's fine. You're going to like the show. Yeah. You're going to like the show a lot. Sometimes I feel obligated to, and then it's like, it's, it's, it's not real. Right, John? I, yes. But I'm, I'm head nod or like hand wave. Like when I walk in, our receptionist, who I'm sorry, I don't know her name. Lucy. Uh, thank you, Lucy. Lucy gets just a, like every time but I Lu- walk in. Lucy's that too. So I respect Lucy. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. I, I actually, now I say hello. Yeah. To Lucy, because she won't say anything back. And I'm like, okay. I just feel like I have to. I like it. I just have to feel like I have to acknowledge like my presence, like I'm coming in, you know, I'm coming in from the employee entrance, just like a. Yeah. I work but, here. But in this studio for this show, oh, yeah. there is no, hey, what's going on? How's your day? Let's go. Not until the mic's open. Show, show, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We only turn it on for the mics. Can Same we also know, too. really quickly, because I have no idea how Mike Norvell is like in person to yeah. deal with. So. You know, for example, if Odom or some of the other coaching staff were to jog by us and say good morning, they're, they have been amicable enough in right. our interactions you know. that I would say good yeah. morning. Yeah. But if Norvell's surly like every time they interact with yep. him, and then he jogs by and says good morning, and you're just kind of like, like, okay, like it's Wait, you want me to speak now? Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Oh, and now then, it's cool that I talk? And then you don't speak to him this right. time, and yeah. it's still not good enough. Yeah. And now it's, ah, ah, ah. Like, that's, that has a lot to <laughs> do ha- with this exchange. There had to be something going on. Also, 41 years old, I don't think he's got the stripes to be this surly. Oh, he's that, probably feeling that's, himself. That's a good point. Well, I mean, did you see the thing with Zach Taylor yesterday, the yeah. Bengals coach? So someone asked him, they're like, uh, all right, you, know, you got an updated timeline here on Joe Burrow. He says in snarky fashion, the timeline is several weeks from when I said several weeks. All right. Okay, that's the way you want to answer. You want to be a weenie. Okay. I mean, someone could have been like, yeah, I wasn't here last time you talked about it. So <laughs> so was that three months ago? So it's several weeks from three months. What, what, what are you talking about? Sure. So human interaction, man. It can be complicated. But it does make impressions. So Norvell- our, our, our show policy of not really saying hello doesn't do our show any favors. I'll just tell you that. Norvell's only how old? Yeah, he's 41. Young. 41? Yeah. yeah. Wow, full head of white hair, huh? Yep. yep. Wow. Um, College basketball and gray hair insider Joe Esposito actually told me a while ago because he had worked with Norvell, Mike Norvell, the Florida State coach at Memphis, that Norvell's hair was white or gray, like real early. And initially, I think he dyed his hair darker. Really? Yeah. I think it was that. I, I know he dyed his hair. It was one or the other. 
I don't think he died of gray to look older. But, I, yeah, he was a uh, – I think he's let it go uh, au natural now, so now he's got the gray hair. I understand the insecurities about baldness more than I do about lack of color. You know, like, if you still got a full head of hair like he does, and yeah. it's white, like, yeah, it's fine. I know. You know? Oh, I know. Believe me. You, I mean, you're dealing with both. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I get it. Uh, a lot of times when I look back at the videos, I'm like, oh, that was a bad angle. I'm like, the, the, my, my Trump sculpture hair that I try to – you know, you try to cover things up and swirl it. Uh, f- certain angles are just bald as hell. So you took a picture of me today. I was like, you know what? That's not a terrible angle. Thank goodness. You judged it? Yeah. Oh, I um. I also looked a lot smarter with my notepad and paper. I've, got, <laughs> I've gotten lectured uh, that all pictures should be taken from a little bit of height. <laughs> you know what's it funny? Def- it definitely, this is mostly a women thing. Because um, it definitely, if you have a double chin, you, the double chin won't get in. If you go low angle, the double chin is in there. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I really think about pictures like, when we have, like, the biggest boy crew in here, right, we have the, all the big fellas together, um, there'll be full-body shots taken of people. I usually I crop it up to, like, mid-stomach. Got to zoom out. Yeah. Like, I'll just say, Ari was not a good picture taker. Like, uh. he took a picture of, I think it was Adam Hill, John Taffer, and I, and it was just, like, it's. I mean, there's a lot of girth in the middle, and I, like, chopped it up to where it was, like, you know, our boobs up. Like, I, that's the best I could do. I did notice. I was like, I'm st- I'm much taller than Steve. Why is this camera like angled yeah. from above my <laughs> head? I don't know You're judging like, your height yeah, versus mine yeah. by a picture like, on the tavern. What would you have him do? Stand on something to take it? No, he didn't do it. Oh, no, that, my point is, he was like low angle, oh, okay. and it's just like guts, soft breast. I'm like, I and I gotta cut this all the way up. I'm sure no he, only took, he only took one because Ari is just like, all right, there you go. My picture with Taffer, amazing. Q and I, man. Hey, you guys are in shape. You're thin. Man. Every angle's a good angle. Yeah, he was a great guy too. That's a good point. Every every angle's a good <laughs> angle. But he's but he's not he's not an Adonis. He's also like sixty five years old. So you even want to put your guest in a good light. I'm just gonna like go find my notes. picture with Taffer now. <laughs> Bar rescue John Taffer? Yeah. Shut it down. Yeah, that guy. That's great. Uh, that's one of our, where he that's one of our great lady. spots of the year when he came in. Oh, when he caught oh the lady. Uh, After he came Brian in, I went to go buy a bottle of that that following weekend. He didn't give you one? Q took it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know if you if you wanted one, I would have given you mine. Oh. Well, you know, Q's the host, you know, so he took the bottle. But I went out and I bought one. That's <laughs> Does how he much drink bourbon? He took it because it was free. <laughs> Does he drink bourbon? Maybe not regularly. I'm sure it'll be around the house. Got to take free stuff, man. Anytime <laughs> it's available to you, I'll take it. What's up? It's Tyler Bischoff from the Press Box coming up on the show tomorrow. Adam Candy is in. Hopefully we'll check in with Ed from the Raiders and 49ers joint practice. Clee Furl's back in Vegas, and is Jimmy Garoppolo finally going to look good for the Raiders? Plus, has San Diego State tried to leave the Mountain West again, or is the conference actually going to stay together? And what did Brick do in General Hospital? Hopefully we get another update. All of that coming up tomorrow, starting at 7 a.m. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. So we got more updates coming up on Eric Bieniemy and uh, what's going on in uh, Commandersville. More on the Raiders and joint practice with the Niners. Quick update now, John, on uh, sort of a hurry up and wait situation everything is starting to calm down in the conference chaos stuff in college sports so there was a frenzy after the last wave for schools like san diego state to try to screw over the mountain west and move on and 
Stanford and Cal are freaking out. So they're pushing for the ACC to get them. And when the ACC met, they didn't freak. And they started to look at this and go, how does or how do these two schools 3,000 miles away make any sense? Sure. So apparently there were discussions, and right now it doesn't fit. And Stanford and Cal were going to come limping in and probably get a quarter share, which doesn't help them. So I think that's an advantage for the Mountain West Conference. I don't think it's an advantage for Mountain West and Stanford. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Cal better think long and hard about what they're doing. And for unless there's a life raft floating toward them, uh, from the Big 12, I think Washington State and Oregon State are going to have to think long and hard about what they're going to do. Uh, that said, they, they've still got another year of Pac-12 sports. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wait until like a month before, you know, don't wait until next May, but things might slow down now. Absolutely. And I also think when it comes to the ACC, you know, meeting on Wednesday night and, you know, hitting the significant roadblock, they said, of, you know, essentially not having enough votes to add right. Cal and Stanford – if you and add, SMU, by the way. Yes. I know that you know, SMU up. was floated out there, and I think you know a lot of the presidents were just like, let's wait. What's the value? I, I'd also add, too, I, I would think part of the conversation is, you know, like Florida State is making a bunch of noise already as it is. Mm-hmm. Clemson is this like kind of sleeping giant as to it hasn't been insanely clear as to what Clemson thinks about everything that's going on. And if you were to add two, potentially three more programs – to yeah. the pot yeah. for an already was as many people view media rights deal that's a little bit behind the eight ball considering what everybody else is making. Yep. You're making the powerful programs that are already a little unhappy probably more unhappy if you're adding three more you know mouths to feed essentially. Although SMU did say what they'd play for free for like four years. Well, there was also a report uh, from our buddy Monty in Salt Lake who said that uh, there were a bunch of boosters who put up two hundred million dollars over five years to close the gap. Yeah, the money gap, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We love radio. We listen like you guys. So we hear stuff that irks us. We were talking about ESPN Radio National on Joey Bosa and his weight training and caloric intake. So, you know, we're, uh, we're no different than, a, you know, our buddy JT the Brick, who is always tweeting about radio. He listens. He loves it. Um, he must have loved what Colin Cowherd did the other day. Must have loved it. I like Colin. So naturally, I'm going to have his back. I like his show. This one's got a lot of attention. Sure. He made a mistake talking about quarterbacks and included someone who absolutely should not have been included. And then the third category is 20 guys who are not getting to a Super Bowl and certainly not winning it. And that's everybody else. From Baker Mayfield... Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Dwayne Haskins, guys, guys that are just not that that they're, yeah. That it says can win Super Bowls. It can't, can't win Super Bowls. Okay, Ooh. so six stars, four high end starters, and twenty guys that can't win a Super Bowl. Okay, so Colin's very good. He's a really big prep crew, and you can see now he does a lot more radio, like Rome. I mean, Rome always kind of there was always sort of a heavily structured mm-hmm. rundown where there may have been some reading. You can watch Colin now because he's on TV. There's a teleprompter. I mean, should you know that Dwayne Haskins is dead? Yes. Do people forget things? Didn't I, did we have already an example of dead or alive on this show? We do it almost every day. We sure. bring someone up. 
And we're like, oh, wait, is that? I mean, Haskins is pretty recent. It was a pretty prominent death. It's a horrendously tragic death. He does have to know that. But my guess is that that was put up on a teleprompter. Because I looked, it sounded like, was he looking at a graphic? Yes. And the graphic was wrong? It said can or can't? So that's. Wow, whoever did this graphic. Yikes. Are they still there? Right. That's that's the problem here. So I, I will defend Colin for a couple of things here. First of which is... Well, you're a TV guy, so you're always going to be on the TV guy side. I'm right. barely, you know, I almost no TV. Um, no, it's because I'm a national guy, Steve. Um, <laughs> just like just like Colin Coward. Um, yeah, only only JT and, uh, and Q now. That's it. That's it. All the national guys. Well, that's right, yeah. Am I missing somebody? You guys could learn a thing or two. Yeah. You guys could learn well, a thing ahead. or two. Please tell us. But clearly what's happening is, I don't know if it's teleprompter or he's just reading the list that, you know, he put, they, his crew put together, you know, whatever the topic is. And can I just say really quickly, it's a weird topic because the the whole premise of the list is Collins quarterbacks who can't win a Super Bowl drafted since 2013. Uh, So he's got guys dating all the way back to 2013 and people are getting stuck up on that. Like he even listed DJ Manuel. He's not playing. I was like, read the list. I don't know why this is the qualifier, but the qualifier were guys that are drafted since 2013, right, of guys who can't win a Super Bowl. So then he presents the list, and then he starts, he goes Ron Burgundy. He's reading the list on the screen, and he just rips off Dwayne Haskins. And you hear in the audio, he knows what he did. Because the second he says Dwayne Haskins' name, he's stumbling, he's bumbling, he can't get out of it. He completely falls apart right after he says it. So, look, there's a couple of things here. Is it a weird topic? I don't under- really understand, like, listing guys that have been drafted since 2013. Do I not understand it? Sure. But to, like, for anybody out there who thinks Collins going in and, like, typing away on a list and putting this thing together and then putting that graphic together himself and then submitting it, like, no, it's not what's happening. I'm sure he says, hey, this is what I want to talk about. Tells that to the production crew. Production crew puts together a list. Somebody, like you said, somebody <laughs> either – is looking for a new job right now or is very much in the doghouse over there at the herd. Because that, for somebody who works in television, that's a production slip-up. So we discovered this week that uh, Dwayne Haskins, deceased, cannot win a Super Bowl. And uh, Colin Cowherd threw that out there, made a big mistake. People came raining down on him. John Von Tobel just defended him. Xavier Pope was pretty strong on this topic on uh, Twitter. Xavier's up with us here on Cofield & Company. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Steve? Uh, yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty rough on him, uh, Steve, just because he he had a chance to pause and also pick the names off of the list. So he didn't read the list verbatim. He started start. He so he unconsciously started picking names off the list of quarterbacks that will that can never win a Super Bowl, and then he he happened to land on Dwayne Haskins. And this already remember Adam Schefter when he initially reported. Uh, says some pretty disparaging things about him, about Dwayne Haskins in his career um, before announcing his death on his Twitter. And people really went in on Adam Schefter about that, Schefter about that too. So it's just these two incidents back-to-back just disrespecting a man who lost his life tragically uh, too soon. So, my, Xavier, my, my defense of him was that I thought this was a production error, not a cowherd error. Like, he's not putting together the list. He's reading it off as he's going along. Like you said, he's picking off names – and you could tell when you hear the clip when he says it, he completely slips out from underneath his feet because he doesn't know what to say after that. I think yeah. if there's, I, I think a criticism should be: Do you stop if you're cowherd and acknowledge the mistake that you made? Because that's, I think, one of my big criticisms of it. Not that he actually said the name, but it's the fact that he didn't acknowledge immediately right there, like, "Oh, hey, by the way, you know, that's a mistake on our end. He should not be on the list." 
Yeah, I think that, that you see that a lot in, 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 in sports media where instead of stopping and saying, hey, I, I, my bad, in the moment, just hoping that no one notices what happened. You're, right. you're literally broadcasting live, and so you have the opportunity to correct that mistake, and you shouldn't be waiting for people to be upset about something when you know you've done something wrong. Xavier Pope up on Cofield and company. Uh, you and I had texted yesterday or DM'd one of those and uh, talked about it being a really interesting week. It's It's been a crazy week. And, you know, it's been a, a weird one here in mm-hmm. Vegas because, I don't know, I got really sad the other day. You know, I, obviously we were all sad about the Henry Ruggs incident with yeah. Tina Tintor and her dog Max um, being killed in a car crash. And I think I, I was driving there. I was, I was driving right in the area. Because uh, the radio station here is probably less than a mile and a half mm-hmm. uh, from the crash site. I live less than a mile and a half from where Henry Ruggs was living, and it kind of brought it all back with this sentencing. But I guess it wasn't out of line. Like, how do you read what they were able to plead to and also a, a sentence that will be handed down of three to ten years? Three to ten years. He's eligible for parole after three years, uh, Steve. But he also ex- his, his attorney said he accepted his prison sentence. So if that's the sentence that you were given, your attorney accepts this sentence, they said they're not going to appeal it, from what I understand, then that's what we have to accept. Uh, I mean, some people think that maybe it was too light. Some people thought it was maybe too harsh. But I think that the, the, the interesting person who thought it was a little bit too harsh was, uh, was O.J. Simpson, of all people, uh, going on X or Twitter or whatever you want to still call it these days and, you know, and saying, this is the same courtroom that I was in when I was sentenced to nine to 33 years for uh, taking my own property and, and that I was stolen. And so I thought that I was really weird for OJ Simpson to connect this incident with his, when they were two completely different charges, two completely set of circumstances and facts. Uh, and so um, this was him coming back and kind of lashing out the judge, man, you're free. Uh, yeah. Stop, stop talking about this crap. You know, uh, he has some weird and really interesting takes on the platform. Some of them are really good, but I, no one wants to give him credit for that, obviously, because right. O.J. Simpson. But to come around and to compare your sentence to Henry Ruggs, I thought that was just strange. He really believes he's still a victim of the system. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to say that – well, I'll say this. I don't think he should be saying it. But I actually, when we talked about this last week, and you guys remember this, I was kind of going down Vegas justice of late. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's been a lot of light penalties for people. There was a, a local high school basketball player who uh, killed someone in a car accident doing 85 on a local road, um, and that guy was less than 45 years old, and there, there might have been some weed involved, and that plea agreement actually mm-hmm. kept him out of jail. Maybe uh, 90 days, I think, is what he got. We had, what, Damon Arnett um, get out of some gun charges, turned into a misdemeanor. I did bring up, I was like, well, you know, in OJ's case, Jackie Glass was a mean mofo, and uh, – he did get hit with a pretty hard sentence. It's you're not comfortable with kind of comparing and contrasting because the cases are so much different. Yeah, I mean, if there's a different set of facts, it's, it's just the analysis just isn't there to compare the cases. But I think it's important to remember it's Vegas. Uh, let's just keep it real, Steve. And so Vegas, Las Vegas knows that pe- knows inherently that people will come there and do things. It's a thin city. Do things they're not supposed to do. Hmm. And so well, I would a jurisdiction to discourage people from coming there and saying, "Hey, you come here." We, we want you to come here and do things you're not supposed to do, but then we're going to give you harsh penalties for it. Uh, so uh, it, 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 it's a weird juxtaposition that the, that the municipality has to deal with. Well, and we've, we've also got a couple of superstar defense attorneys. I mean, David Chesnoff, there's a couple of guys here who rep all the celebrities who get in trouble, and they are brilliant what they do in court. Like, we may not like it, 
But, you know, mm-hmm. and you're an attorney, so, you know, and I don't, I don't think you've ever been a criminal defense attorney, but I'm sure you watch what these people do. Uh, they are paid a lot of money for a good reason. A lot of times they, they get very light sentences, um, you know, for their subjects. Yeah, I mean, if you especially you're in front of that courthouse all the time. In front of the judge, same judges, you, you, you're, you're, you're going back and eating with them in their chambers. You, you are commiserating with them. You, you're going to lunches with them. It's not just your ability to prove these cases in a court of law. You have personal and professional relationships with these judges, and, you, and, they, and you, they want to be able to make sure they have a good reputation. And having a superstar attorney uh, that is in bed with the, I wouldn't say in bed necessarily, but real up close with the judge to speak, uh, gives the opportunity to get some guys off. This one's really interesting, and I don't think pe- many people are going to take this angle in sort of defending Damon Arnett. I don't know everything that went on, but did you see this claim by uh, – uh, this lady, Danny Banks, who came out and threw some allegations out on a podcast. Can I have you listen to this? Because I think yes, this, okay. this is troubling if it didn't happen. Now let's have the audience and Xavier listen to this. Damon Arnett, little football player that played for the Raiders that got kicked off trying to shoot someone or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I went to the bathroom, stole my f***ing bust-down Cartier watch, took my other phone and zelled them all my money Whoa. out of my account. I have it all on camera, him and his friends leaving my house. Come to find out, he does that to bitches and the did it to me Broke you that hard up on some cash dog okay uh first of all i know that's oh, some jabroni okay. podcast but i can tell you if i was hosting a podcast or, or i because i do it on the show i'd be like allegedly 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 <laughs> allegedly please stop saying that this is factual um one let's treat this like it did happen um arnett's been in so much trouble he just got off or out of a uh, gun charge a felony gun charge where you know he was mm-hmm. accused of flashing a gun at the uh, valet um, mm-hmm. If this did happen, you hear her accusation. How much trouble would Damon Arnett be in? I mean, in a ton of trouble. But she said she had the video, and so we can't mm-hmm. assume that. I can't say assume this happened. We'll prove that this happened. If you have the video, show the video. And if you really had the video, if, and we know this, Steve, every time there's a video, that's when the, the punishment is the most harsh. So yep. if you show the video first, come out and explain the video until she comes out and shows this proof. That I, I think it, we can take it with a grain of salt right now. Okay. Even even if we even with Darvin Damon Arnett with his with his character and what we know about him and still trying to get on the NFL team. Well, if you're Arnett and you know you did not do this, by the way, I have a feeling the story's somewhere in the middle. But if you know you did not do this, do you have a defamation case here? Uh, yeah, absolutely, you do. Uh, but if you're trying to get back in the league, why would you turn around and, and have sue for defamation when you already have your character? Uh, 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 in, in, in jeopardy at this point, and that so is, you, yep, it's strate- you strategically have to walk this because there may be. You said it was in the middle, Steve, right? Maybe. So there may some things, some things that come out about his character that makes him look worse that prevents him getting on an NFL team. So mm-hmm. right now, you want to be able to make sure you get on an NFL team. Xavier, how many calories do you eat in a day? Uh that's a good question. I'll probably eat somewhere between about. About twenty five hundred calories a day. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> See, so that. we were having this conversation. I don't know if you saw this story, but um, you know, Joey Bosa is was talking about his diet and he's trying to get up in terms of weight. And so he mentioned that he was eating four thousand to five thousand calories a day. And a national radio show thought that that was like a ton. But I was making the argument that if you include calories burned, and Demond even said it, he should probably be eating more, shouldn't he? Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many calories he's burning. I, I, I need to know how many calories he's burning with the w- workout. He says he hasn't changed his workout. So that was my concern. If you're, and also consider what is he actually eating. Is he consuming more protein? He says he wants to bulk up. And typically, you're going to get some more protein. But if he's getting a lot of weight up top, 
he's going to have to be able, you know, in a position like a linebacker, you're going to have to have that lateral quickness to shift your legs across one another and keep your shoulders stacked over your hips to be able to make tackles. And so if you're going to get heavier, you still have to be able to understand that your center of gravity might change. It may be easier to push you over. So he may have to change his workout to make sure he has a strong core, but he's also doing some things with mobility to keep his hips flexible so he's able to get the mobility he needs so he's not pushed over. As somebody who's vegan, what is high calorie uh, and high protein that can be also part of a vegan diet? Uh, I mean, I, you have to maybe combine things like meals, like avocados, because you want something that's high fat. You also want um, some, some nuts, some lentils, uh, something to that effect. Uh, pea protein. I, actually, I consume a ton of pea protein, which is really great for me. That's helped me to, to, get, to lean up. So those are some of the ways you could do that to be able to get some of the nutrients you need in bulk up. I heard Bo says actually just eating like twelve pizzas a day, and he loves black <laughs> olives. Jeez, cry because I, I, I talked about this about timeline. <laughs> don't. About don't put olives. On, don't put olives on pizza. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't even know. Uh, black olives are uh, put it in a martini. Don't put it on a pizza. Uh, don't put mushrooms on pizza. They they go elsewhere. Uh, they, they 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 throw off the texture. They throw off the whole flavor. Don't put chicken on pizza. I know I'm vegan, but chicken and pizza are two different things. Put them separately. Don't put salad on pizza. Uh, salad goes on the side, not on top of pizza. You don't want a whole meal on top of your pizza. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Michael B. Phelps, Aquaman, or Scuba Gooding Jr., which one are you going with for the best nickname for the uh, Montgomery Brawl? I'm going with Aquaman, because that's the one that made me laugh the loudest. Because <laughs> it's not just the name, it's the way you say Aquaman. That's hilarious to me. Uh, it, uh, that, that, that captured the attention of many people down at the brawl over there in Montgomery. And do you think that folding chairs are going to see an increase in sales now? Because I've seen nothing but chair memes and just chair pictures all over the Internet now. You might get increased sales in folding chairs, but the issue is summer's almost over. What are you going to do with those? you got to still put them right back away when it's time for fall and winter to happen. Can I, can I submit really quickly a nickname that I saw yesterday that we didn't talk about? Swimbaland. By the way, oh my god! Did, uh, I wonder if Crocs like actually had a tough time on the market. Did you see what happened to the Crocs on the one dude? Yeah, because he his Crocs were up to his calf. I know. Um, they exploded. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they 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 definitely aren't meant for fighting. Neither are flip flops. Uh, so you have to maybe choose your 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 gear properly if you're going to go run off and eat up a dock worker. It's amazing. Come on, you said your favorite moment was watching some videos saying that the the Jason Aldean song is theirs now. Oh yeah, try that in a small uh, town. Yeah, it's theirs. Sorry, try that it in a small town. F A F O. I like, uh, but I do like how sick we've all gotten. I wanted. To, I always have to bring that up. Like we are celebrating like this Pier Six brawl, pun intended. Um, with you know dozens of people involved, like this is not really how we want to live in a civilized society. But but on the other side, I am I am cool with when people are you know kind of downtrodden, getting their ass beaten. Like back them up, let's go. You know you take, hey, remember, take out the remember, bullies. Steve, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Would you jump in if something happened? And you said you were the guy that would jump in. So this is a situation, Steve. Yeah. If, you, if something was going on, well, Steve would be a hero. Well, just know I would. I'd be throwing punches and be like. I'm not him. I'm not them. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, we're good. Wait, can, we're good. Can you swim, Steve? By the way, can I, you, I, I can swim better than Aquaman. Yeah, or Scuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, Aquaman. Whatever, whatever, right? Aquaman. <laughs> uh, we got. We, we're up against it. We got to run. Good spot. Have a great weekend. I love you guys.